A man has set a new Guinness World Record for attending Disneyland 2,995 days in a row. Japanese people have lost their romantic ability, claims one politician. And a missing adventurer turns up inside a shark's stomach. These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News. The only daily weird news podcast in the universe. I'm Jonesy, the host. Thanks for joining me. I have three weird news stories from all around the globe. Let's jump right into it. A man has set a new record by visiting Disneyland 2,995 days in a row. This was his goal to set this record, and he's doing it. you got to hand it to anyone who is accomplishing anything in the world. I wouldn't uh, go to Disney seven times in a row, seven days. Um, to me, this is a prison sentence, going to Disney 3,000 days in a row. I would rather die. Um, it says here, what began as a type of joke has become a point of pride for one Huntington Beach, California man named Jeffrey Reitz. He's 50 years old, a little older than I thought uh, for a record holder like this. Uh, Jeffrey has become a celebrity of sorts with his record-breaking streak of 2,995 consecutive visits to Disneyland. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news. It was actually hailing slash snowing in Disneyland in Southern California a couple days ago. I wonder if Jeffrey experienced that. I assume he did. The annual pass holder started his adventure way back in 2012 when Reitz and a friend visited Disneyland on January 1st. That's odd. And I guess he decided, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I like this Disneyland thing. I could go every day. Friend was like, no, you can't, bro. You won't go every day. Yeah, I'll go every day. Here's a quote from Reitz who is a Huntington Beach resident, so I'm going to give a little SoCal surfer accent for this. I think it's appropriate. Oh, bro, it all started as a joke between friends and me, you know, when Disneyland announced they were given an extra Disney day, you know, when they announced the Leap Day 24-hour event back in 2012, you know. We decided to use Disneyland as a positive for us as we, you know, we were all out of work at the time and, you know, and we had annual passes, bro, but we didn't buy them. Someone gifted us annual passes, bro. So, you know, it was like a source of free entertainment. It's all right. You know, we used to hotbox my old Camry and then uh, go into Disney for the day. That was pretty sweet, man. Hotboxing that Camry. I missed that car, bro, bro. Man, you know, we hotbox that car so many times, dude. You know, Disneyland is a great place to go when you're high, man. I mean, I don't think Weird AF News condones that. I'm saying that as a person within a Weird AF News story. You know, this isn't Jonesy saying that you should do any sort of drugs or anything and go to Disney. This is me in the story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Man, I'm from the beach, of course, man. Well, now, little did Jeffrey Reitz know this would lead him to break some records. In fact, the Guinness World Records tweeted about this record setter they wrote imagine going to disneyland so often that the cast recognizes you and then there was a picture of jeffrey all happy at disneyland this is what he's doing with his life now good for him i'm gonna guess he's single but i don't know it says here reitz continued with the challenge even after his friend dropped out so i guess they decided that day to keep going but eventually the friend's dropping out because the friend's like reasonable like bro i can't go to disney every day this is insanity so jeffrey set some ground rules for himself he was going to uh, stay in the park for at least an hour each day and document his journey online through social media. And then Jeffrey found a job. He finally got to work. And you're thinking, how did he keep going to Disney while also having a job? Well, he got a job at Disney. No, I'm kidding. He did not. He got a job elsewhere, but he said he would head to the park after work each day. My goodness, he's living a nightmare, but he loves it. 
It says here that uh, Disneyland has responded positively. They've showered Reitz with gifts over the years as he achieved his various milestones, topping it off with an honorary citizenship certificate and a pair of golden Mickey ears. Ooh, all right. How would you like to get some golden Mickey ears as a 50-year-old man? <laughs> okay. Uh, for now, though, he's taken a break from his daily visits to dedicate more time to travel and attending concerts with friends. Yeah, because you can't go to Disney 3,000 days in a row and still have a life, you know. I was curious what it costs for annual passes at Disney because it seems to go up all the time. Their website indicates there's uh, $1,600 for an annual what's called Inspire Key Pass. Then there's a Believe Key Pass, but it doesn't say how much that is. An Enchant Key Pass. All I know is it's not cheap to go to Disney these days. I don't know if I could afford to go every day and to even to eat within Disney. That would be expensive as well. But you got to hand it to Jeffrey. I mean, he's he's doing some dynamic things in the culture. Hey, man, anything that makes you feel worthy in the world, it's hard to feel worthy in the world. You know, it's hard to feel like you're doing anything of importance. Um, I record a podcast inside a closet, so that's where I'm at. It's... um. I mean, that's pretty magical to some people. I mean, would I rather hotbox my Honda Civic and then take a few spins on Space Mountain? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I just can't fit all that into my life right now. Yay! Japan's birth rate plunges to a new record low, and a politicians blaming it on their lack of romantic ability, it says here. Japan's plummeting birth and marriage rate is not a result of the high cost of maintaining a family. No, no. It's owing to people's lack of romantic ability, claimed a Japanese politician. Naris Ishida is a member of Japan's Liberal Democratic Party, LDP, as it's known as. This guy suggested that the government should conduct a survey to determine Japan's romantic ability at a local government meeting. I don't know how you test people's romantic ability. Just bring some people in here. Now, be romantic. Show. Do you know how to talk to someone on a date? Do you know how to Do you know how to go in for the first kiss? It's very dangerous to go in for the first kiss these days. You know, I'm always afraid. I think my romantic abilities plummeted recently as well. And it's just a fear in the culture that someone's going to say that I... Uh, harass them of some sort he tried to kiss me oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought things were going well i think when i'm on a date next i'm just gonna text from the bathroom be like hey things are going well i'm thinking about going in for a kiss what do you think you down with that could you sign this paper here i want it in writing that you were okay with me sort of trying some romantic abilities okay let's get back to the story i'm sorry for the rant now, although this politician wanted to conduct a survey to determine people's romantic ability, he didn't really elaborate on how this data might help people to have more babies. Uh, here's a quote from this guy. The birth rate is not declining because it costs money to have children. No, the problem is that romance has become a taboo subject before marriage. Oh, I see. Well, I wonder if this is true. Is romance really a taboo subject before marriage over there in Japan? I know that public displays of affection in Asia are generally frowned upon. Um, I know that from experience being over there. Uh, let's keep reading, though. Uh, Japan has witnessed a drastic drop in birth rates following some ramped-up measures by Prime Minister Fumio Kishida to encourage people to have more children. Yes, I, I covered a story where they were offering some uh, pay from the government if you had a child, 
So they're trying some things. But at the same time, they also said, we'll pay you to move out of Tokyo because it's too crowded. So I'm a little confused. They're saying the birth rate is plummeting, but it's, it's a very populated country nonetheless. I mean, the world is really populated. Eight billion. Uh, are people really concerned that we're not going to have enough people? I think we can operate rather smoothingly with three billion. That's just me. Now, in this story, they have a quote from a professor of media and communications at a university in Sapporo who said, The politician is correct in perhaps one way that young people today lack traditional communication skills, but this is a generation that communicates very, very well online and through social media. Now, among my students, I see them constantly showing romantic abilities. You know, maybe not in person, but um, they do this through modern technology, which may be why this man cannot actually see it happening. This guy strongly disagrees with Ishida's view that financial conditions have no role to play in people's decision to reproduce as well. He says, Young people still want to marry, to have a family, to have more children, but when buying a car or a house is so difficult because of economic concerns, it becomes very difficult also to have children. Oh yes, it's like that in my country too. It's... You know, very difficult to afford a family. If your lawmakers want to encourage larger families, do something about the price of simple needs like food and shelter. How about that? I think your efforts would be more fruitful in that area. You should probably do that anyways to help us all out. But again, these politicians and lawmakers don't work for the common people. Of course they don't. All they care about is their own damn policies and goals. Anyways, we have a quote from a 20-year-old student from Yokohama named Emmy. Okay, this should be should set, shed some light on it from the point of view of uh, a young Japanese citizen. Here's the quote. I think it is embarrassing to be romantic in a public place because other people will see you, and some people don't like that. We see people in other countries holding hands, hugging, or kissing in public on films or on television, but I would be very uncomfortable if my boyfriend did that to me in public. All right, so this quote proves to you what I said earlier, that it's kind of frowned upon, PDA, public displays of affection. Also, in the article, it notes that Japanese women these days are pretty reluctant to get married. Not many Japanese women see marriage as a life goal anymore. Owing to the rapid improvement in gender roles in Japan, young women are more likely to get employed, have a career, than to get married and have children. I, I love that. I think that's wonderful. That's something that's going on in the U.S. as well. Women can go out there and have a career and have a very, uh, have an adventure in life. Travel. Have some fun. Don't have to just stay home and pump out some babies. This is great. They quote some data here. It says, since the late 80s, enrollment of women in four-year degree colleges has seen a major increase. In 2020, the rate reached a whopping 51%. So, slightly more women enrolling in four-year degree colleges than men. I think that's amazing. Meanwhile, the labor participation of women aged between 25 to 29 rose from 45% in 1970 to 87% in 2020. Now, the Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, announced plans to spend twice the country's defense budget to support young couples who wish to have babies in a bid to tackle Japan's dramatic population decline. He said he will spend 20 trillion yen on, quote, baby boom measures including marriage support concierges, which is a service where people are tasked with offering help and counseling to couples. All right, well, now you're talking. Injecting some financial support into the equation could help people afford families who ordinarily would not. I, I would suggest you know, offering some uh, government-funded child care in the, in the event that both parents, which seems to be the case these days, both parents have to work. 
Um, you know, these sorts of things, if you really want your, your population to have babies, you know, money is a big thing, in my opinion. I, of course, personally, as you know, I've seen the writing on the wall and got a vasectomy without having kids. If you have any questions about that, feel free to email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can even call the show, 646-450-2012. If you have an opinion on this, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Anyone uh, living in Japan as well, is um, that feedback is, is surely welcome. I think I have a few listeners in Japan. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The body of a missing adventurer turned up inside a shark's stomach. A father of three who had an accident on his quad bike while riding along a beach in Argentina has turned up dead, unfortunately. Uh, the body was found inside the stomach of a shark, which is awfully strange. His name is Diego Barria, age 32, a father of three. He was last seen riding his Yamaha Raptor off-road buggy along a stretch of coastline in the southern province of Chubut 10 days ago. He then disappeared. His wife, Virginia, posted some desperate messages on her Facebook page, appealing for him to get in touch. Two days later, his damaged all-terrain vehicle and his helmet were found on a beach near Rocas Coloradas, which is a protected area of lagoons and dunes and colored rock formations. Over the weekend, two local men went fishing and hauled three sharks out of the water. When they cut them open to clean them and prepare them for eating, they found some human remains. There was a tattoo depicting a rose very visible on the arm of the body, which matched a tattoo that Mr. Berea had, allowing him to be identified as the man that was swallowed by the shark. Here's a quote from a law enforcement officer involved in the case. When they were cleaning the sharks, they found some human remains in one of them. That's right. And due to a tattoo that appeared in one of those remains, we recognize it was Mr. Berea and, and uh, confirmed it with the relatives. Now... It is thought that Mr. Berea, who was keen on fishing and other outdoor pursuits, had an accident on his bike, perhaps was knocked out, and then dragged out to sea. There was a strong tidal surge on the day that he disappeared. He would have been very easy prey for the sharks, which were around one and a half meters long. It is probable that Mr. Berea had an accident and was dragged out to the sea. Uh, strong, some strong tidal surges on that weekend. That's our theory Anyways, which has been backed up by one of our civil protection officials who told the media Mr. Berea was probably unconscious on the beach when he was dragged out to sea by the high tide. Uh, the body parts will be undergoing DNA testing to confirm that they are the remains of Mr. Berea. Well, I hope what they're saying is true. I would hate to imagine that he was alive while being devoured by the shark. That seems like a horrible way to go out. Not that the way that he... Otherwise would have gone out as any better, but imagine being swallowed by a shark. That would just be a nightmare. And I can't help but think that there's a possibility that mafia could be involved. You know, when you find a body inside a fish, you have to think mafia might be behind this. But I don't want to make any assumptions on Mr. Berea's lifestyle. I mean, but at the end of the day, you just got to have condolences for the family, especially with having children. This is horrible. And, uh... And a lesson learned here that when you're going on some sort of 
trek and adventure to not go alone is, is would be my suggestion. I often love to hike. I very rarely will go alone uh, because of reasons like this. I don't want to be swallowed by a python or something. Yay! Recording news. I'm recording the weirdest news. I'm in a closet recording that weird news. Any Bob Seger fans? Love Bob Seger. Oh, a lot of songs about being on the road. Ooh, love it. Uh, Bob Seger's amazing. I'm highly caffeinated, and it is the outro, and you made it. Congratulations. I'm going to give thanks and praise to some people who reached out to me. Very important. Krista Renee sent me a nice email to buck me up, I assume after me reading some bad review of my podcast yesterday. She wrote, For the record, Jonesy, even if your brand of humor doesn't make some people laugh, reading your bad reviews will definitely accomplish it. What people who dislike your podcast often fail to realize is that it's all subjective and the vastness of our world means there is almost no way that there doesn't exist a portion of the population that will enjoy listening to you talk. I'm sincerely glad you're able to keep on doing what you love and you have a following who love listening to you and that some even feel like family. It's a beneficial and healthy way to help people feel connected who may not have many or any other outlets for such things. I hope, I hope things are going well for you overall, Jonesy, and that you'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll have a wonderful day and beyond. Well, isn't that a nice, lovely email from Krista? Big shout out to her. Thanks for taking the time to write, write me that and buck me up a little bit. I appreciate that. Uh, on YouTube, I got a nice comment from Haley Stonewall who wrote, uh, jo uh, Jonesy, love your podcast. I always like to finish my day listening to it. Now, thank you, Haley Stonewall. Big shout out to Haley Stonewall listening on YouTube. So that was pretty cool. The podcast goes up to YouTube every day as well, in case you're wondering. Some people like to listen to their podcast on YouTube. It's a thing now. So, and I have a lot of listeners on this, so shout out. Also got a nice review from AC. AC Demita, or Demita, Demita. She gave me five stars. Isn't that nice? Five stars. It's not, e it's not hard to give someone five stars, guys. It's pretty easy. You click on the five stars. <laughs> Just as much effort to give five stars as one star. She wrote the title, Love at First Listen. Ooh, Love at First Listen. I think this is a review seduction going on here. AC wrote, I absolutely love this podcast. This is part of my daily routine, and I don't know how I ever lived without it. Thanks for all the laughs. If you are a fellow weirdly, you'll love it as well. God bless Weird AF News, heart. God bless Weird AF News. That's lovely. Thank you so much, AC, for taking the time to write me a nice review on Amazon. That was very, very helpful. You can leave reviews there or Apple Podcasts as well, also known as iTunes. The last couple of reviews on there were horrible, so if you guys would like to leave reviews on there, that would be helpful too. Or don't. It's fine. You could just listen. That's okay too. Uh, now, if you feel like helping out on in a way that doesn't cost you anything, tomorrow is Florida Friday, so you could send me Florida news that you come across. You could send them into my email box, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can tweet them at me, at funnyjones, or you can slide them into my DMs on Instagram, at Funny Jones as well. Uh, we'll do only news from Florida on Friday, which is tomorrow. Those of you who are new to the podcast, we do Florida Fridays on Weird AF News. If you'd like to support the show with some um, currency, that's always uh, it, that's always approved. Uh, I approve it. Um, I'm the accounting department, so I approve that. I'm actually every department. I'm the accounting department. I'm the marketing department. I'm HR. I'm production. I am talent. I'm on the uh, the creation, the writing squad. 
And I'm, I'm a bouncer for the closet, too. So if anyone's acting up in here, we don't tolerate near-do-wellers in the closet. I kick you out. That's how that goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless you're warm, unless you have a warm body, because I'm freezing in this closet right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's very cold. <laughs> Help me. Anyways, if you want to support the show otherwise, it's uh, the, you can join the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Weird AF News. You get to support the show, which is a one-man production, and you get that nice feeling that you're doing so. You also get to access additional Weird AF content that I put in the Patreon. That's part of it as well. Uh, you can also buy me a coffee, which is like a one-off thing. You can buy Jonesy a coffee from my website, weirdafnews.com. Click on buy a coffee. That works too. Please tell a friend and subscribe. All those things I'm asking you to do. You don't need to do any of these things. Just uh, it, it's, it's part of the, prog- uh, the process. I'm supposed to say these things as a... As a uh, this is kind of like a hosting duty. They say you must do this at the end of every podcast. It's called a call to action, CTA. They talk about it in the podcasting industry. Make sure you put out a CTA, call to action. Tell your people what to do. Yeah, well, those people don't do five-day-a-week podcasts, man. I'm doing a lot of CTAs here, all right? Anyways, um, it's not your fault. I chose to do five days a week, but not you. Anyways, thanks for being part of my family. I appreciate you, and I'll see you tomorrow.